Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. On the record with White House correspondent April Ryan. Well, I am so pleased. One of my favorite people is joining me for this first installment of 2019 for On the Record with April Ryan. It's Bishop T.D. Jakes of the Potter's House in Texas. Bishop Jakes, thank you so much for joining me. Oh, I'm, I'm really honored to be with you, April. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you know you're one of my favorite people, period. End of story. What I want to find out before we even get into, uh, you know, some of the things I want to talk to you. 2019, what does it look like for you? You know, we've made some strides, but we've still got a long ways to go. There's a lot of unrest in this country in all pockets of of the country in all sectors is still quite a bit of work that's left to be done and uh i'm really concerned about <laughs> where we go from here and looking at ways that we can make it a more equitable society for for all americans without distinction uh by race creed or color or background and i think sometimes uh, i see inklings of hope and then i see areas where we have a long ways to go Hmm. Have we forgotten about humanity in 2019? Because everyone's focusing on so many different things. Is it about humanity? Is it still on the table? I mean, what? What do you think? I think that we've forgotten about civility. Hmm. And consequently, it has affected humanity. Uh, We have always been diverse. Our strength is that we have great diversity, not only racially, but as it relates to opinions and perspectives that we bring to the table. All that we have to bring to the table is the perspective of the world that we came from and the background that we have. And consequently, we have differing views and ideas and ideals. But the loss of civility has, has, has taken over the country to the point that we have not been able to reach the kinds of conclusions that move the nation forward on the things that matter most to all people. And I would like to see a calmer uh, tone taken uh, in government, amongst people in general, uh, on social media, on every platform. We've just lost our ability to have uh, differing opinions and to disagree but not be disagreeable. Is it just about calm to you? Because sometimes you you can calm down, but still there's a tone. Let me be clear. You know, so many people cry for us to calm down without discussing the issues that matter. And I don't think that that's really going to be a solution. It's like putting a Band-Aid on cancer. Uh, calm down doesn't mean lose your voice. It just means lose the insults. It means losing the personal attacks. It lo- means losing the vulgarity that seems to be pervasive in our society. I'm not saying calm down to the point that we uh, become indifferent to the crises that confront us. I just think that in order to have a solution 
do we have to do as much listening as we do talking? And right now, that's that's not happening to the degree that it really needs to happen. Whether you're talking about the <clears throat> birthing and final uh, awareness that exists amongst the Me Too movement, or what, whether you're talking about the uh, the disproportionate amount of African Americans that are brutalized on the streets uh, by uh, police officers, not all of them, but some of them, there are a few of them, uh, but a few is too many when it relates to having that much power over another human being. And many, many times, we don't listen at each other until there have been rapes and abuse amongst women or until there has been uh, the loss of lives amongst a, a disproportionate amount of African Americans. It's really, really alarming today. When you look at nearly 90% of the documented uses of force uh, in our country are being bestowed upon African Americans. That's that's alarming. Hmm. We can't really ignore that today. We really have to look into what that's coming from. And though the numbers are equal, almost equal in terms of the amount of black and whites that are being shot without even having a gun or a weapon in their hand between blacks and whites when you consider that 13% of the population is African American and yet we equal our Caucasian counterparts in shootings on the street with unarmed victims, we can't have a justice that's executed on the sidewalk rather than the courtroom. So, in the midst of this, the stakes are so high for so many people, um, everything is still on the table. And, you know, what I say is, and and you tell me if I'm right or wrong, um, we need to have these conversations without the passion, without the emotion right now, and just put the facts on the table. Do you think that makes a difference? I think it makes a difference, and it starts with respect. And it starts with common sense. We, we don't want children abused on the borders. We don't want children held in cages and separated from parents. There has to be a better way to protect the sovereignty and the sanctity of our country without abusing the rights of other people. There, I mean, those are just common sense respect for humanity issues that need to be considered as we go forward in this country. There's just a better way to get there. And on the heels of history and what all happened in the terms of separating children through slavery and the abuse of Holocaust history has to be our instructor here that these types of signs must be taken seriously. We don't want them to get worse before we recognize that we're headed down a downward slope that disrespects humanity and doesn't respect the lives of people, whether they look like us or not. Everybody loves their children, and everybody wants to be treated fairly. And there are certain things that are common to man, and we cannot allow politics to become so pervasive that we ignore humanity and love for each other as human beings. Even if we don't agree about issues, we still have to respect the things that are common to all people. Bishop Jakes, it's so ironic. 2019, we're talking like this. Um, in, in some instances, you would think we're talking 1950s, 1960s. And we're talking like this as we go into another um, King holiday celebrating Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., the man who had a vision to make the comfortable uncomfortable with some of the issues of all America to include poverty, um, you know, injustice, uh, a call for first class citizenship for all Americans. And in 2019, just the conversation that we had, we're still fighting for that. What say you um, with Dr. King and what he had hoped for, his dream, what have you in 2019 as we celebrate his birthday? 
You know, when you think about the massive work that Dr. King did and being born in 1957, I have a deep appreciation for the accomplishments of the early civil rights movements and the changes that were made in this country. I don't think that those changes were made in vain. I've seen great progress in this country, but we still have a ways to go, and it's on our watch now to, to watch the erosion of the strides that have been made. And that type of erosion, I use the word erosion because erosion and deterioration can occur without awareness if somebody's not vigilant to measure the right to vote, the significance of the right to vote, uh, the concern for the poor and some of the uh, policies that have been placed both by Republicans and Democrats that have eroded the banks of the accomplishments that they've made. I think it's on our watch that we have to be vigilant and thank God for the recent strides that have been made in the federal criminal justice, but that needs to also perpetuate down to a state level. We have to consider the fact that once we fix those problems, we, we can't let those people go and then not hire them, not offer them any type of job, not be willing to rent to them and then wonder why they enter back into the criminal justice system. Our Texas Offenders Reentry Initiative that we started in Texas uh, up under the Potter's House has been standing vigilant. We've seen 16,000 people go through our program, but that's a drop in the bucket compared to the massive amount of people around this country that even when they do get out, they don't have the opportunities and justice that any human being needs to be able to take care of their family or to be able to have a place to stay. We just need common sense policies put into place and, and think ahead as to what anybody else would want if they were in a similar situation. Do you believe that people need to get back to understanding in listening to what you're saying, it's about humanity, it's about civility, more so than anything else. Is that what you're saying? That's absolutely what I'm saying. Just disrespect. Just putting yourself in the in the place of another human being, even if they look different. These are common things like the right to work and the right to take care of your family, uh, to take care of our planet so that we have something to pass on to our children. Uh, these are just common sense policies where we need agreement and we look to our government to be functional to the degree that they that they are listening. Uh, April, I, I wrote a piece not too long ago about the similarities between what the Red Belt states want, Rust Belt states want, and what the inner cities want is very similar, even though they vote differently and, and sometimes don't even like each other. Both of them are saying the same thing. We need a chance to have a good job. We want to be able to take care of our children. We want to go to work again. We want to have something for our young men to get out of school and do. Those things are just common to people regardless to what their zip codes may be. And sometimes there seems to be a deafness among those in leadership to what is really going on in mainstream America. And we have to unstop those years and bring about change. Uh, we're seeing changes going on in Congress right now. Um, those changes are welcome. I'm glad to see more diversity uh, included in Congress, but it won't mean anything if there's a deafness that prevails in the listening of people who become more preoccupied to holding on to their positions than they do uh, doing what is right for the people who help to get them there. Hmm. Profound. Um, going back to Dr. King, I think back when he started marching, you know, everyone talks about Dr. King. He has this great statue, this monument, this 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 remembrance of him in Washington. We remember the dream. We remember so many different things. But I think back to when Dr. King was marching. Um, 
Only 4% of the black church when he started supported him. A very small amount. And now we hear more of this social awareness um, in 2019 from many black churches. And as we talk about humanity and remembering Dr. King, what part does the church play in all of this? I mean, we, we've got diversity in Congress now for this 116th Congress. We've got more diversity than ever. Um, but yet there's still issues that relate to him, humanity. Um, we're still dealing with, as you said, issues of voting, you know, voter suppression. Uh, we're still dealing with the effort for or the fight for first class citizenship beyond politics. I mean, you can make laws. You can say, thus thou art, wherefore thereas. But there's still a problem. And at some point, it goes from laws to issues of humanity that sometimes is a heart issue. And when you talk about the heart, the church is there. What part does the church play in all of this? You know, at the time of the 60s, the church became a voice for the voiceless. We didn't have Facebook. We didn't have Twitter. We didn't have Instagram. We didn't have the Congressional Black Caucus. The church had to fulfill a lot of social roles that, that were very unique to the times that we live. I don't think that we necessarily need to repeat the same role today in light of the fact that everybody with the phone has a voice today. And in light of the fact that we are seeing much more diversity in Congress, we need to hold our elected officials responsible to what they are being paid to do. What the church can do, I think, is remind and become the conscious to America about dignity, about human life, about uh, righteousness and justice. And then in many cases where the churches are strong enough, we can be programmatic in developing programs that help to bridge a way for people to get back to the dignity of life after they have come out of incarceration, after they have been through hardships, uh, should they be single mothers who are raising children. We can put in place programs that help those people to assimilate back into society more effectively, regardless of the hardships and the atrocities that they've had to overcome. Those are new roles and different roles, but still important roles that need to be maintained today. And we can also help to hold those elected officials accountable uh, to the jobs that they have been hired to do. I think that's something that we all, as American citizens, have to participate in. Hmm. And lastly, and um, and I, I hate that our time is, is wound down and, and, you know, I could always listen to you um, because you have such wisdom. I love to listen to wisdom. Um, I'm just going to throw a couple of words out to you about 2019. And I want to, you know, you know that um, I forgot what they call it, but, you know, you throw a word out and you, you give me a word back. I'm going to say a word, a couple of words to you, and I want you to give me what you think. Um, lightning round. Um Entrepreneurship. You know, there's so much to be done in that regard. I have uh, teamed up with Black Enterprise, and I'm going to be in Atlanta soon doing some uh, classes and one-day training, and then we hope to do it in other parts of the country, helping people to have entrepreneurship. It's really small businesses that have been the underbelly of the economic empowerment in our communities. I want us to get back to that. I want us to stimulate that kind of growth and also where there are opportunities for those small businesses to work together is important. The thing that I'm seeing that is so pervasive in our entrepreneurial pursuits is that we're often locked out of retail by the conglomerate. So, so small businesses don't have a chance to compete in retail. They have to do small business on their own or through social media in order to be able to survive. I want to be able to provide 
some ideas to help our entrepreneurs to become more effective. Uh, many, many people have no choice but to go into entrepreneurship because they're, they, they can't get a job, they're denied a job, they don't have the rights toward a job. We want to clear the path to make that easier, to access funds, to get into business, to be successful in business. And why is that important? It's important because that really strikes to the underbelly of crime, uh, to the abuse of drugs and alcoholism, which are drugs that people use because they found themselves stuck in the ditch and unable to really get back up again. So there's a link between economic empowerment and moral behavior that we have to solve both problems simultaneously. And the last one, the word hope. Uh, hope lies in the coming generation. Every major reformation that we have seen happen in our country started amongst young people uh, whose bright eyes and willing and tenacious spirits would not be denied the right to be heard. I think that there is hope. I think there continues to be hope. I see hope as racial barriers are torn down. I see hope every time I see a march about uh, racial injustice and the people marching don't just look like me. I see hope in the eyes of people like in Charlottesville in spite of the atrocities there. There were white and black and brown people saying enough is enough about racial injustice. Those kinds of things are heartening to me and helpful to me. I think we have to get to the point that we don't see women's problems as women's problems blacks problems as blacks problems we see them as american problems and across the stripes of our country people of all types and shades just stand up when something is wrong and work very hard to make it a better place for all people bishop jakes thank you so much once again for joining me with on the record with april ryan this is my first on the record with april ryan for 2019 what better way to start it off than with you it's been a real pleasure thank you I want to thank Bishop T.D. Jakes for joining me for On the Record with April Ryan. He's got a lot going on. The month of April, his Black Enterprise soar with T.D. Jakes at the Georgia World Congress Center, his International Pastors and Leadership Conference in April at Tampa Convention Center in Tampa, Florida, and the Faith and Family Cruise, uh, the Caribbean Cruise to the Bahamas, Jamaica, and Key West. Uh, that happens in November. Thank you so much for joining me with On the Record with April Ryan. Don't forget to subscribe to On the Record on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or any other podcast directory. If you like what you hear, leave a five-star review. On the Record, a product of American Urban Radio Networks.